Hey everybody, this is Jeff Ashkin in Los Angeles, California with Roy Cole in Jersey City, New Jersey and Derek Kessler in Yokohama, Japan. And this is Coast to Coast to Coast, part three of our discussion about Boca Raton. Enjoy. I, just, I find Boca Raton such a comically absurd place that it's yeah, but most, people, most people aren't aren't picking up on that, and so yeah, you know, that's a I good point. Most most people we grew up with, you know, I don't know, I don't necessarily have the same sense of humor as us. Let's say that. I'd say that if I had to pick out the Boca Raton style humor, it would be like kind of cynical but kind of cheerful at the same time, you know. That would kind of be my kind of interpretation of it, where it would be like, kind of like, oh, things kind of suck, but eh, I had a good time. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. That's kind of how I feel like. That's kind of our humor. I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe that's indicative of Boca Raton, just indicative of our group of friends, maybe. So, anyway, uh, anything else you want to say about Boca? You don't do any stories, or we can go into directly. Yeah, I got a few, a couple funny anecdotes. That All right. Seem very Boca Ratonian. Uh, <laughs> talking about like comically absurd moments. I feel like most of the comedy came from the fact that um, uh, like we were in the gifted program, right? But then uh, there were always a few classes where you were intermingled with the quote unquote regular kids, mm-hmm. and uh, or or just there were interactions that you had to have with <laughs> with other people, and that's where like the comic absurdity would play out. Um, were you there in Loggers Run Middle where uh, we were eating lunch in the cafeteria and the power went out? Yep, I was there. And so the power went out. Were you there, Derek? I don't remember this, but keep going. Uh, so when the power went out in the cafeteria, it gets pitch black dark because there's no windows. It's in the interior of the building. So there's no windows. It's pitch black dark. You can't see anything. And I would say... Within half a second, like sheer anarchy erupted. I don't know if somebody yelled out like food fight or what, but you just heard screaming and you you couldn't see anything, but you could hear like burgers being launched and ketchup like being squeezed and everything flying through the air. And uh, I just kind of like covered my face hoping, you know, not to get hit. And you couldn't see anything, but you could just hear like trays hitting the ground and people are like screaming at the top of their lungs. And then uh, after maybe a minute of that, the power came back on and you could see the aftermath. It, was, it looked like like a war-torn nation or something. <laughs> it's just like pizzas on the ground, people's shirts were stained. Like ketchup packets. It was just like a horror show. And then uh, I think the principal of the school had to speak to us and say, like, I'm very disappointed in the behavior. This is outrageous behavior, and I expected more of you. And uh, I I mean, (laughs) I just thought it was hilarious, even though it's very like destructive behavior. But like, what did they expect from middle school, though? (laughs) It's just comical how quickly it, it completely descended. It took a second. Like as soon as the lights went out, it was just immediate. The food went flying. 
Yeah. You know, it's, it's sort of funny you say that because there was no windows in that cafeteria, like none. And right. so when the lights went out, it was pitch black, like yeah. out. You couldn't, you know, you couldn't see anything. So it was like perfect for anonymity, right? Exactly. Like yeah. Anybody could commit crime. Crime was legal. It was like uh, the what's that movie where what? crime is legal for like twenty four hours? The Purge. Yeah, yeah. It was like the Purge in the cafeteria. <laughs> like anybody could do anything. That was awesome. And they couldn't like nobody got in trouble really because you couldn't see who who did what. Who started it? Yeah. Yeah. When I was a teenager, I really started getting into writing and, and trying to get a, a living as a writer. And what was funny is I wanted to write for the school newspaper. And for some reason, I couldn't do it. I couldn't get into, I, I applied and like you had to take a class. And I was like, well, can I just write? I mean, look, I, I've written a lot of stuff. And they're like, no, I'm going to take this class. And I'm like, all right. So I actually applied to work at the local newspaper and got a job there. So. Well, I was like 15, 16. I was writing for the school newspaper. I'm sorry, for the, for the local newspaper, the Sun Sentinel. I remember that. And I was writing movie reviews. And then I moved up to being editor. And that was pretty cool, too. So I had like a group of writers. And I was like, I was like, like 16, 17 years old. And I was holding meetings at the Sun Sentinel talking about what we're going to write that week and like assigning people to write something. And it was, it was just kind of funny that I moved up so quickly. And uh, I had that position up until I got to college. And then I started writing for the college newspaper. I didn't stay too long because then I ended up going into the film school. And that took up a lot of my time. But um, it's just funny to me that um, the ascension into becoming an editor didn't take very long. Just to clarify, I was editor of the teen section. Once you got to the top, did you yeah. become uh, disillusioned with what you saw yeah. in mainstream media? I did. I was like, you know what? I don't need this. And then uh, I retired from the I retired from the the media and decided to to do something that was more on the straight and narrow the film industry podcast oh, podcast yeah no. yeah I, I have uh, I have one more story uh, before I met you guys uh, I was actually banned from the Jewish Community Center <laughs> uh, for not a permanent ban I think it was a couple months. Uh, but I didn't really do anything wrong. Um, so what happened was I used to be friends with a bad kid. Uh, his, his, I know his name was Danny. I know his last name, but I won't say it. Um, okay. And I was friends with him. And my parents took both me and him to the JCC. And, and while my parents worked out, we were left to our own devices. And, <laughs> and so for this kid, his own devices meant having a lighter and setting things on fire and yeah. and so uh he took um like pamph like flyers from the jcc and we went into the bathroom and he just started setting the flyers on fire and uh it just so happened that like a jcc employee walked into the bathroom as he was doing it and i was there standing next to him so i was like an accomplice i guess and uh and he he like he destroyed the sink in the bathroom when he set the fire. He he like discolored the sink, and and so um, they basically accused him of like destruction of property, and uh, he was banned for life from the JCC, and I was uh, like banned for a couple of months for for aiding and abetting. I guess <laughs> I find that most of the times in my life that I've gotten in trouble have been 
because somebody else did something bad and I was standing in close proximity to them, uh, not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. And I could see how Jewish people are particularly sensitive to that. Um, mm. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I got in trouble despite the fact that I didn't set fire to anything, but but I was around, so. Yeah. Well, I, I said like, yeah, so I guess ever, all of our, our close friends have moved out of Boca Raton, so it's not that, um, they don't have any close ties, I guess, to there, except for our families, of course, who still live there, so. I don't know, that's sort of interesting. My mom anyway, sometimes but... um, gets that way. <laughs> she's like, I'm so jealous that you live in Jersey City. And I <laughs> like, she's one of those people that would probably wants to escape Boca, which is ironic because she's like retired. So she's like the exact demographic that usually wants to live there. But, uh, but sometimes she pines for the city life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Do you guys want to get to recommendations? Or do you want to keep talking One about Boca? One fact about Boca Raton, if, if you didn't know, was the international superstar Ariana Grande from <laughs> yeah. Boca Raton. And she went to our rival high school, Spanish River. But uh, I, I guess I kind of did a double take when, when she became popular. And not I didn't know who she was, but just looking at her upbringing. And it was like she grew up in Boca Raton. Like, who's from Boca Raton, you know, besides us? It's just weird to see someone so famous uh, be from the same town. Mm-hmm. There's also um, uh, Chris, Chris. Oh yeah, Andy Roddick. Uh, Andy Roddick was born there. He, I mean, he trained there. I yeah, I don't he, think he like had his childhood in Boca, but he yeah, did um, no. go to like tennis academy there. City, but yeah, but uh, I was gonna say uh, Chris Caraba, lead singer of Dashboard Confessional. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Grew up in Boca Raton, or at least um, went to high school in Boca Raton. I think my mom, um, my mom does, is, is into beauty and uh, does facials and stuff. I think she did a facial on him. It was either he came to her parlor and, and no, I think, I think she did it herself, but, but she was like, have you ever heard of uh, this band? And I was like, yeah, they're pretty famous. So little story he got a facial any more stories i just found out chris caraba and i have the same exact birthday what? i just looked it up on wikipedia you and mandy moore and chris caraba. Yeah, mandy moore john madden ken griffey jr and mandy moore married to chris roddick Andy roddick sorry andy roddick right? yeah that- it all comes full circle right and- i don't think they're married anymore i I, I don't think. Oh, but they no, were well, at actually, some point. I think they were going out. I don't think they ever she ever married. I think. I think about it. That sounds right. Yeah, and then she's like married to some other guy. Anyway, um, all right. Well, I think we've said all we can say about Boca. Um, <laughs> I mean, we might come back to it. Obviously, it'll come up again because once again, we all are influenced by it somehow. Well, let me, let me just, uh, as a closing remark, we, we said a lot of things about Boca, but I want to say that um, despite the fact that, despite its limitations uh, as, as in terms of someone who wants to explore, you know, different cultures and different things about the world, um, I do enjoy going back to Boca. Um, I don't want to live there at this time of my life, but 
I mean, I guess being away for so long has given me a sense of pride and being able to come to terms with the fact that 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 is my hometown and I I do appreciate it for what it is. So I'm not ashamed, <laughs> despite all of the colorful news that people hear about South Florida from time to time. Do you, ha- do you have any clothes that say like Boca Raton on it or? Nope. Okay. I don't think I'd wear anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, one of our friends that you guys all know uh, has a hat that just says, in, it's like a black hat with white letters that just says Boca Raton on it. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you who that is after the podcast. That's awesome. Anyway, Roy, what do you have to recommend today? Uh, actually, your recommendation reminded me of another 80s band, uh, The Bangles. Who uh, obviously had some uh, poppy hits, but before they were poppy, they were actually a little more like garage rock. And if you listen to their first EP, like before they came out with an album, they had an EP that was five songs. Yeah, I think five songs were on it. And uh, one song called The Real World, which um, sometimes shows up on the list of like 100 best songs of the 80s or something. But anyway, uh, listen to some old Bengals stuff. It's it's way different from a walk like an Egyptian. Um, yeah, it's very uh, very um, garage rock kind of raw sound. Yeah, the eighties was so foreign to me. It was the most foreign uh, decade of music to me. But now I'm starting to feel that sense of eighties nostalgia, which I never felt before. It's funny you say that because along with your recommendations, I was actually going to recommend an album too, but this one's from the 90s. And uh, <laughs> uh, it's from a band called the Propeller, well, Propeller Heads. And it was... Uh, I know this band. I, yeah, I bet I know only, the album. They only had one album. It was a duo consisting of a guy named Will White and Alex Gifford. And they're from England. And they released a, an album called Dex and Drums and Rock and Roll. And surprisingly, one of the, their most famous song is Spy Break which you can all hear in The Matrix as the song when Trinity and Neo are in the, um, the lobby shooting up the place and walking on the side of the wall. And it's a very upbeat, fun song. And the whole album is full of electronic music and these like um, very uh, upbeat, but very uh, um, tempo-driven songs. And uh, it's, really, it's really well done. I mean, there's a song called Take California, which is great. That's the, that opens it. There's a song called History Repeating, which features Shirley Bassey, who sang the title song to Goldfinger. Um, it's a very fun, like, almost like jazz band meets electronic music song. And uh, it's just, if you enjoy electronic music, but you also enjoy, like, just this uh, collection of, of electronic, electronic music, if you enjoy electronic music and you enjoy big band music, I think you'd really enjoy it. Um, obviously, if you like Spy Break and you want to hear something that sounds similar, then that album is where I'd recommend. They, I'll put it this way: if you like um, Daft Punk, this is like this predates Daft Punk. Well, maybe they're on the same time. Actually, now that I think about it, I have to look that up. Um, but so you, if you think, like that kind of music, sorry. You think Spy Break was the biggest hit because History Repeating was quite big, and was I also little, it was yeah. featured in uh, There's Something About Mary. It's like prominently featured in that movie. You know, it's funny because I feel like Spy Break, though, was in Matrix, which I think was a, probably the, one of the biggest movies of the 90s. And that song was when they did like the whole spoof of Matrix, they usually would use Spy Break 
So anyway, but I, I think this album is great. And uh, it's interesting that they never did anything else beside that album. So I guess, but then again, if you had an album that was that great and, you know, maybe they didn't, they want, they didn't want to uh, go on to do anything else because they hit what they wanted to do. So. Thanks for joining us today. Let us know if there is a topic you want us to cover by sending us a message at coast to coast to coast podcast at gmail.com. That's coast, the number two, coast, the number two, and then coast podcast at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts, comments, criticisms, any uh, questions about Boca Raton that you're dying to ask. Um, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear any type of comment you have on the podcast or otherwise. So hope to hear you hear from you and see you next week. That was, that was an amazing Jeff impression.